athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. You're locked in to the dopest show on Radio Box to Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. Last week I had Georgia on my mind when I talked with you, and Saturday evening I had Philly and Pennsylvania on my mind. Congratulations to President-elect Joe Biden. Congratulations to Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. I'll tell you what, uh, you know, I, I was at, actually my daughter had a softball game and uh, we were uh, about, a, I don't know, maybe an hour and 15 minutes from where we live and found out the news. And uh, I, I, I mean, I'll tell you what, it was absolutely outstanding. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I mean, and I, and I generally am. I mean, people always say, I got to be honest with you. Like the last four years have been, I mean, I feel like most of the time or quite a bit, I don't want to say most of the time, but quite a bit of the time, I've been in the twilight zone. Um, you look at all the divisiveness, and I know that's a word that's been thrown around a lot, but it's so true. I look at the divisiveness that I've seen over these last four years. I look at how the the man that, uh, is the most powerful man in the world uh, as the president of the United States of America has been uh, a detriment has been, I mean, just his rhetoric, uh, what he has uh, said about and uh, constantly talking uh, negatively and uh, about the black community. Uh, when you go back to what happened in Charlottesville, that there were were good people on both sides. Like there have been so many things that have been said that it's hard to keep count of all of them. That's one of the things that really stands out to me as a black man. Uh, but there's so many. I mean, that's that's there's so many other things like when. Donald Trump was impeached and ultimately he was impeached going back to last year, but he was not removed, but he was impeached. He was impeached on the wrong thing. Like you wanted to meaning Congress or the house of representatives, you wanted to impeach him on Syria. No, that's not, what was and I mean, well, it, it maybe it was an impeachable offense, but I mean, there's so many, there's so many different things 
that he could have been impeached on. So many different things. By the way, in the you know you you there's an old there's an expression looking bad in these streets. Well, the United States of America for the last four years have been looking bad in these streets of the world. Like, I mean, it's just been embarrassing to be an American for the last four years. Like, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm just going to tell it like it is, how I see it. Now, you can disagree all you want. You can agree. However you feel about it, you can hit me up via Twitter. I'm happy to, to take uh, on uh, your tweets and your uh, thoughts on Facebook at Box to Row on Twitter, B O X T O R O W, or on Facebook, B O X the number two R O W. Personally, on my personal Twitter account, at Dware One, at Dware One, or at Where Donald. As happy as as I am for someone like Kamala Harris, and because not only the first woman vice president, not only the first black vice president, not only the first uh, vice president of color, uh, but also a Howard grad, an HBCUer. I mean, that is an extreme source of pride for me personally, uh, as not only an HBCU graduate, a graduate of Morgan State, uh, one that grew up in the Washington area, uh, as she attended Howard. Both of my parents uh, attended Howard uh, and are Howard grads. Um, it's just a, but also, I mean, it's just a tremendous source of pride as an HBCU person, right? I mean, that we can, I mean, we, we talk about HBCUs, right? And, and we've talked, I mean, it's been sort of a hot deal, especially the last, you know, couple of years or so. And, and, and there was even the question, are there still, is there still a need for HBCUs? Of course, there's a need for HBCUs for so many different reasons. And yes, as HBCU people still, I mean, you can look at some of the best people in the history of the world are HBCU grads. And we're talking about back then. Well, let's talk about the present. Let's talk about Kamala Harris as a Howard grad as an HBCU grad, uh, as the vice president of the United States, a tremendous source of pride in that, okay? Listen, I don't know what's going to happen moving forward. Like, I don't I don't know, you know, I, I, who knows? Um, but I'll tell you what, I mean, I, I, I admire Joe Biden for what he's gone through to be able to get to where he is now as the president of the United States. And he's not a spring chicken. That's the thing about it. But he looks he looks good. You know, he looks spry, right? So, I mean, for all that he has gone through in his life, the tragedies that he's really gone through in his life as a young senator, uh, more recently with the passing of his son also, to be able to get to this point, and by the way, he's got a plan. Like he's got a he 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 he's got a plan. Like the most important situation, or in terms of what's happening right now, 
is this COVID-19 pandemic. How do we combat that? And the previous administration just doesn't seem to care. By the way, look at all of those associated with the with the well, I guess the current administration, soon to be previous administration, who has has the coronavirus. It is sad. Um, it is sad that not more was done. It is sad that we're talking about uh, almost 240,000 American lives lost because of this pandemic. Uh, the pandemic, I mean, you were going to have loss of life because of the nature of COVID-19, okay? You were going to have loss of life. Uh, unfortunately, that was going to happen. But the amount of Americans lost uh, it could have been a lot less had uh, our the leader of the free world, the White House, had taken this more seriously. But not even taking it more seriously. Like, I think... I think it was shown that it was known the seriousness of this virus, but it's just all of the actions, the lack of wearing a mask, um, just the, 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 it's just a bunch of talk when you're having these coronavirus uh, task force media briefings. It was, it was a show like it was television. Like it was good television. I mean, you know, uh, no disrespect, but it was like, it was it was just a show like there was nothing really being nothing really being said. No, the, it, it was it, it it was just a bad situation. So I now I think we're going to have uh, uh, our name respected once again in the world. Uh, I think as a black man for myself and as black people, we don't have to feel so bad. Like when you have. Someone in, in, you know, when you have someone like that, that is in the position that they are in and rarely has anything positive to say, mostly negative things really to say about the black community. Remember, be, even before the election, he says uh, the black community vote for me. What do you have to lose? Well, I'm going to tell you what we had a lot to lose in these last four years, okay? So I can feel a lot better. I don't have to worry about when the president of the United States is speaking that he's gonna you know, say something that's gonna denigrate me as a black man uh, in my community as a black community. And that makes me feel good as much as Kamala Harris is an HBCU grad and is the vice president, I, I feel a lot better about the fact that the current president soon to be former president is going to be out of the white house that, I mean, I just feel good. I don't, you know, whatever. I feel good uh, about that. Your thoughts hit me up via Twitter at box to row B O X T O R O W or on Facebook B O X the number two R O W personally at D one on Twitter personally at where Donald on Instagram still to come here on from the press box to press row on ESPNU radio on Sirius XM. We're going to be joined by the head men's basketball coach at Texas Southern Johnny Jones on the program. I'm going to give my thoughts. Florida A&M has now decided to cancel athletics 
for the spring. They're going to play football. Are they, excuse me. They're going to play basketball, but not football again. Big decision. What does that do to the MEAC for this year, the MEAC championship game, and for Florida A&M athletics for this season moving forward? And some college football talk, a little college football talk, because a lot of games have been canceled for this weekend as the coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic is moving in the wrong direction in most places. We'll discuss on the other side of this break as you're locked into From the Press Box to Press Row here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. Hey, what happened to all the Marjorie's beef jerky? Hey, what's up, bro? It was you, wasn't it? What was? Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You ate all the Marjorie's beef jerky, didn't you? Yeah, so what? That was mine. Dad just bought that for me yesterday. Don't worry, I'll just go online and buy some more. No big deal. Wait, you can just go online and buy more? Well, in that case, I'm going to buy the original orange teriyaki and sweet and spicy. But I do expect you to pay me back for all that beef jerky you ate. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. Purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online right now at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. Or call them toll-free, 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. You're listening to... From the press box to press row. Those who can, do. Those who can't, talk. So talk already. Call 1-800-241-0421 toll free and join Donald Ware in the conversation. From the press box to press row. You to come here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Right here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Johnny Jones is the head men's basketball coach at Texas Southern going to join us on the program. Looking forward to the conversation with Coach Jones. Of course, he was an assistant coach with Dale Brown when Shaq was at LSU and then was the head coach at LSU when Ben Simmons was at LSU. So we're going to talk with of course, Johnny Jones in a couple of moments or uh, in the next segment, I should say, he's scheduled to join us. So Florida A&M has now canceled its season for the spring with respect more specifically to football. Basketball is going to continue. Baseball and softball are still on the table. As much as I think, and, and this is, it's it's always about the money. It's always about budgets, if you look at Florida A&M's spring football schedule, 
three games in Tallahassee, then the games on the road. Again, divisional matchups, uh, North Carolina Central, uh, which really that game was in Tallahassee. So really you're talking about on the road, Greensboro, Daytona Beach, and Orangeburg, which generally for, so for Bethune-Cookman, those would be decent drives. Uh, for Tallahassee, more towards the west of the state, you got to come 10, then 95 to go back up. It is a little bit more uh, of a challenge uh, from a because that's a budgetary deal from a financial standpoint. But I also think that not only budgets played into this, because, again, foot, uh, basketball is still going to play, although there are some money games that are on the table for basketball. Um, and I th- but but the other thing is, I mean, you lose out, I think, well, you're going to lose out anyway in terms of the number of fans that can be in the stands, the tailgating, and all of those things, which I think they weren't, uh, Florida a wasn't going to have anyway. So that was a revenue stream loss. So you're talking about it from a budgetary standpoint. But I also think from the rise of the coronavirus cases, you look at the state of Florida. I mean, Florida is on fire uh, you looked at and Bethune Cookman when uh, Bethune Cookman made the announcement a couple of weeks ago. I mean Volusia County, more specifically, where in Daytona Beach, where Bethune Cookman uh, is, uh, and I don't know where it stands now, but was way uh, on fire as well. Like I'm hoping, you know, you you look at the start of the basketball season is supposed to start in 12 days. Are we going to be able to start? Uh, Speaking of Florida, okay, Stetson was scheduled to play Miami. Stetson had coronavirus cases with respect to the NCAA. If if you have a a coronavirus case, it's got to be a 14-day of no activity. And so that would make it, the, the game would have to be played because this happened a couple of days ago. The game would have to be played on the 25th if you have no more positive tests. So I think while this is a budgetary deal and we'll ultimately see if the other sports play, we'll see if baseball plays, we'll see if softball plays. I mean, I just don't, I just don't see, I mean, if you're not going to play football, uh, you know, are you, are you going to play non-revenue sports that generally won't even be televised, at least with football? Some of the football games would be on television uh, what does this do for the MEAC? So the MEAC was on pace, right, to have probably this, you know, going out with a bang, if you will, okay, in terms of its last year with all of its football playing institutions as we know it now. We know that North Carolina A&T, Florida A&M, Bethune-Cookman are all leaving the conference. So what the MEAC in, in COVID-19 certainly didn't help, but what it did allow for the MEAC to have is its automatic qualifier back and allowed for the conference to put on a conference championship game. You've gone from nine schools now to seven. We still have three months in excess of three months before the start of the football season, no telling what's going to happen by that time. We got to know that there's not going to be any kind of national mandate in place by that time. We've heard nothing from the White House 
with respect to COVID-19 more recently. These cases are going to rise. And I'm just telling everybody that can hear me, please stay safe and wear your masks. I get it. We're a country. It's all about our rights. We Everybody has rights and we have rights and you can't tell us what to do and we don't have to wear a mask and all of these different things. People are going away from here because of the coronavirus and in a lot of cases because people don't want to do what is going to be beneficial for everyone in the long run. That's why you've had, I think that's in part why you've had these uh, these rises in the number of cases. Yeah, we can sit back and talk about testing and testing. If you have more testing, you're going to have more uh, rises in the cases. Yes, but but it's more than that. It's because we're not doing enough to really try to control this virus. Now we're talking about the fact that there's a vaccine on the way. That's a, that's sometime down the line. And even with that, we still have to continue to be safe. I think that there, we're going to have to go backwards. I know in our state of North Carolina, uh, going backwards is not off the table. The, the governor here uh, indicated that we're going to remain in phase three, which phase three, I mean, you can still do a lot of things in phase three, but it's not we're still in a we're still in phase mode like it's not totally everything is wide open we're not in that kind of situation as we stand right now so who knows what's going to happen but i can understand where florida a&m is coming from um but boy this really really continues to hurt the MEAC. and who knows i mean i know a quite a, a few of the other schools are pressing forward in terms of playing the schedules Basketball season begins in 12 days at the Division I level. Uh, most of the Division I schools that I know are playing on that day. Anything can happen between now and then. Um, you know, I, I, again, for me, I mean, I'm going to support the playing of collegiate athletics. But, you know, again, uh, because it's going to happen. But, Man, I, I don't know. I, I think that where we are, where things are, you're asking to put uh, young men and women at risks at risk to play a sport, to participate in athletics. And I, I don't know. I, I just, you know, it. it yeah, I mean, are, generally speaking, younger people are going to be able to bounce back. I get that. But again, as I've continued to say on this program, I don't want to know what it feels like to have the coronavirus. Certainly, we're going to see how things play out. But boy, the MEAC, I mean, I wonder what's going to happen with the MEAC. I mean, you still have seven teams and you still play a season. I mean, there's no question about that. Still have the automatic qualifier if we even play a season. But What's the next school? What will be the next school from the MEAC that's going to drop out and not participate in athletics? I think we're so close to the basketball season now uh, with not a lot of cases, at least none that I've really heard of. I mean, the Stetson situation is a little bit different. That's going to move forward. Football in a couple of months with the way that the numbers are 
are trending doesn't look very positive. We've got to get the numbers down. Your thoughts? Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W, on my personal Twitter account, at dware one at dware one on my personal Instagram account, at where Donald. Up next here, on From the Press Box to Press Row, we're going to be joined by Johnny Jones, the head men's basketball coach at Texas Southern, you're locked into From the Press Box to Press Row right here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. From the Press Box to Press Row and BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader. You can join my crew, USC graduating class of 92 in short tech. Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. We're joined by a gentleman who is in his third season as the head men's basketball coach at Texas Southern. Previous stops as the head coach at LSU, North Texas, and Memphis. The uh, Tigers, as a matter of fact, going to open the season on November 25th as Johnny Jones joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Jones, welcome back to the program. I certainly appreciate it. uh, Certainly appreciate you for having us on. Absolutely. Got to have the team that is picked to be number one in the SWAC, uh, the coach on uh, the program. So just I want to kind of get your thoughts like, you know, how have you all, meaning the Tigers, been preparing for your opening game uh, on the 25th amidst the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, obviously, we're excited uh, to be back, event- uh, to eventually have been getting back on the floor. Uh, it's been a long time for us, and uh, just like everybody else, getting shut down in, in March of last year and uh, not knowing exactly when we were going to have the ability to get back to campus because everything was shut down and all of our kids' classes were online. The uh, coaches weren't uh, allowed in the office areas or anything, so we've been back um, – We've been very fortunate that our young men are extremely serious about the season and have conducted themselves in the right manner and making sure they've kept themselves out of harm's way and uh, have allowed us to get our practices in as a full team and uh, less to distractions. And uh, so uh, it's been good. We've had uh, good practices uh, since we've been back and and no uh, disruptions. So uh, uh, we're excited about that. And, uh, Hopefully, um, I heard you say something about pick number one. Uh, we're glad that our um, uh, colleagues in the uh, media uh, think so highly of us and the, the guys that we obviously have in our program and in our growth. But at the end of the day, we know what's most important uh, is that ranking at the end of the year and not in the beginning. No, no there's no question about that. And we're going to talk about some personnel because there's some guy – that has the last name of Jones that I know you're expecting to step up uh, this season. <laughs> let, let me take you back to last year, 16 and 16 last year. I know we talked with you maybe midway through the SWAC uh, season, but your thoughts as you, of course, you won a tournament game against Grambling before the SWAC tournament got shut down back in March. Right. And uh, it was great. Uh, I tell you, we, uh, for one, we want to make sure give a great deal of credit to our, our teams in the conference, I thought they did a remarkable job, and it was very challenging and, and tough throughout. And uh, we certainly had some 
some some hard fought battles and I uh, was fortunate uh, at the end uh, to get back healthy. I had a couple of guys missing some games there late, uh, but at the end we were healthy and thought we were playing some of our best basketball uh, come tournament time and had a tough uh, uh, Gremlin uh, team come in and uh, we thought we executed and and we're on our way and uh, getting to the semifinals of the tournament. I think our next opponent was uh, going to be Southern uh, there in Birmingham. So uh, we thought we were playing the right way at the right time and uh, looking forward to those other challenges uh, uh, in the uh, conference tournament. Uh, and unfortunately, it, it never happened. Uh, but the good thing is, like other teams in these uh, in our conference that reloaded, we felt like uh, we have a good core guys uh, back as well after losing obviously their starting point guard and the starting center uh, from last year. Uh, hopefully uh, we've got some guys that's going to come in and uh, be able to fill that void uh, that's left by those two guys. You know, I, it was interesting because I was talking last week when we were talking about the fact that Texas Southern was picked uh, to finish first. And I think, you know, I think back to that 2018 19 season I mean you open the season a major win against Baylor of course your first season a major win against Oregon you get into conference play conference play is always tough and then you fall ultimately in the SWAC uh, tournament speak to how tough uh, a little bit more to how tough the SWAC really is well Terry regardless of where you're playing and what you're doing in the offseason anytime you get in into your conference and you've got some familiarity with your teams and in your opponents, um, uh, the uh, rivals and the edge and the energy uh, that guys are playing with, it's all different. And it's something that obviously uh, as a player and coaches, you, you obviously got to get used to and be ready for a night in and night out uh, regardless. And uh, so there are some nights even after beating those guys that we won conference games, but we're in some hard-fought battles against teams that may have been uh, toward the uh, bottom of our conference. So you've got to be ready. Uh, and uh, you've got really good coaches and good players uh, that are in our conference. And um, the coaches do an outstanding job of preparing and, and getting their teams ready. And any time that you have some slippage or, or you feel like you have an off night, uh, anything can happen. And so you, you've got to be ready. There are no gimmies uh, in this league. You've got to be prepared and, and ready every night. Had the voice of Johnny Jones in his third season as the head men's basketball coach at Texas Southern joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Let's talk a little personnel because you had a couple of guys that were named to the All-SWAC first team, uh, Yauza Rasas, if I'm saying that uh, correctly. Mm-hmm. A couple of fours, Justin Hopkins, a graduate student uh, for you as well. Speak to what these two in particular will bring to this uh, 2021 squad for the Tigers. Well, you know, who's Rosses is a very pleasant surprise for us. He, a uh, guy came in last year. We brought him in out of junior college, thought that he was a guy that uh, from the makeup uh, of his uh, body and all, we were going to redshirt him and uh, hopefully bring him in. He'd be a, a good player for us starting this year. And uh, as we started practice, and that's why it's always good not to make decisions of determination uh, before your first game. And when we started practice, this guy continued to improve and working on his individual skills and uh, improved so much uh, throughout the year that he started practically every game for us. And uh, not only starting every game for us, that at the end of the year, the uh, coaches in the league and the media 
uh, thought enough of him to put him on the uh, all t- uh, conference uh, team. He, and uh, it's no fluke. Uh, he's a real deal, and uh, if uh, really improved. Unfortunately, didn't have the summer uh, to to work because of the uh, COVID and all the other distractions and all the other things that have gone on. But I thought he did a phenomenal job preparing and getting himself ready. Uh, Ian and have had some great practices for us. And uh, Justin Hopkins, I thought um, uh, he's a guard for us and really uh, more of a three-man. But last year when we were thin in the post, he stepped up and uh, played some post for us as well. So I would say he's more of our utility guy. And I thought he was playing uh, maybe as well as anybody uh, on our team at the end of last year on both ends of the floor because he had some very difficult matchups uh, on the defensive end that we put him on uh, generally the team's best perimeter player. And at the same time, offensively, uh, he was one of our highest percentage three-point shooters and did a great job of getting to the free throw line as well. Yeah. Chris Baldwin was also named to the second team, the expectations for him this year. Well, Chris is um, one of those guys that uh, he, he went through kind of more of a, uh, would say, an injury-riddled uh, uh, type year or whatever for us and didn't seem like it could ever put some consecutive games uh, together for us. Uh, but he's got a great deal of potential. He, and obviously our opponents and other people have seen that and uh, certainly have been able to appreciate uh, his play when he was healthy. Uh, so uh, he transferred in from, from UMass, and we're expecting some big things from him uh, this year as well, and I think that he has a lot to offer our team. Johnny Jones, again, the head men's basketball coach at Texas Southern, joins us here on the program. Some guy on the roster by the name of John Jones. I think I think you know him, uh, <laughs> you know. But I'm, I'm saying, I mean, like last year you looked, I mean, he had a 27-point you know, performance uh, in a game. What are your expectations from your son this year? Well, hopefully uh, it, it's more the same uh, from him. He's done a tremendous job of uh, filling in and, and playing his role for our team. He's been surrounded by some good teammates that uh, garnish a lot of attention out there on the floor. And uh, when they find him and he's open, he's done a great job of uh, being of a great deep ball shooter uh, force and uh, he's led us in uh, free throw from the free throw line over the last two years, uh, and he's pretty automatic there. So uh, those things are exciting for us, and he understands his role, plays extremely well, uh, understands uh, what we need from him, and he's been able to provide that uh, for us. And we're hopeful with this team that we have this year, uh, with the guys that we feel will be uh, exceptional in terms of. Uh, uh, needing uh, people needing attention uh, from other uh, guards to help, uh, that we will get him some more open shots, and uh, he was be as effective uh, as he has been the last couple of years for us. You know, I mean, you've been at a couple of places. I mentioned LSU, a, a interim uh, head coaching situation at Memphis North Texas. So you've been at all you know different levels uh, with respect to Division One, and we see a guy like a mature maker at at Howard for you have you had any like four or five star guys uh, reach out to you and what is it going to take for you know HBCU schools to be able to recruit those kind of guys consistently I think just been in the conversation and then uh, I like maker there at Howard great things happen for him he goes in have a tremendous year and and um, able to get his name called uh, next year in the uh, NBA draft that's what kids want an opportunity 
And if they know that they can get there from wherever they are, they don't have to go to certain schools or programs with things across their chest. And when they find out that they can go to certain places, make their own mark, uh, make an impression, score, help that team win, and they can get their name called, I think that's an easy selling point really um, for coaches because what kids want to know at the end of the day before they go to school, can I get to where I'm trying to go to from here? And if that answer is yes, and then if you've got some proof in the pudding by putting guys in the league at the pros and they know that they can go to any league and do that, that's certainly going to be able to uh, help us. But being in the conversation, having an opportunity to sit down and be in front of parents, all of these schools have a, a, a great deal to offer um, that are out there. And the reason these other teams are really good and compete at a high level is because they're able to bring those type kids into their programs year in and year out. Yeah. Academically, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, academically, kids can pretty much go uh, to a lot of places, but if they're not going to be in school for four years or whatever and wind up getting their degree, but they can work on it as their freshman year, they can certainly do that from anywhere. And I couldn't think of a better place uh, than, than a place like a um, Texas Southern, hopefully, uh, to be able to have one of those guys IS and get them into a program. And certainly we can do everything that those other schools can do in terms of preparing them and getting them ready to play at the highest level. No, it's interesting you mentioned that because you mentioned Texas Southern, big-time public institution in a major city such as Houston, right. great facilities. You've got a name also. Bring it. So, like, have you had any any of those kind of guys to reach out to, to you to express uh, to express interest as we're seeing more of those kind of guys having interest in HBCUs? No, well, we've, we've, we've tried to do our share of reaching out and in, in, in touching those guys that have been available. And obviously through the summer, uh, you had a lot going on and talking about kids making a difference and, and uh, maybe including and in, in, in considering uh, maybe going to HBCU. So we want to make sure uh, that we do everything that we possibly can in, in, in putting ourselves out there front and center and not leaving any stones uh, unturned uh, to see who that next person like a maker would be uh, that would give us that type of uh, consideration uh, at the same time. Because you're absolutely right. Uh, uh, here at uh, Texas Southern, it, it doesn't get any better in terms of the city, uh, the market, uh, the media market, uh, obviously, that we're in. Got professional teams right there pretty much across the street in the Rockets. And so the exposure and everything else that you have access to is the the major markets and and, and everything that you're looking for, you certainly can get a full dose of it right here at Texas Southern. Last couple of thoughts. What do you remember about, you know, obviously you were the head coach and had some success at LSU, which is your alma mater, had a chance to play in the, Mm -hmm. uh, be a part of the 1981 Final Four as a freshman. Uh, Shaq, so what what do you remember most about those days when Shaq was there, you an assistant to Dale Brown at LSU? Well, the most amazing thing, I loved Shaq, and obviously he was a force, and uh, just his personality, just big as life, and, and, and uh, just who he is, and having the opportunity to be around him, but having a chance to have a kid by the former name of uh, Chris Jackson, Mahmoud abdul Rauf, uh now, and having the chance to be there and watching him uh, every day and practice how hard he would work, and his preparation in terms of getting after it, and in his explosiveness and probably the most uh, efficient um, uh, shooter uh, that I've had an opportunity to witness in person on a daily basis. Uh, him and, and so 
those are the type of things that I got excited about and having a chance to be a part of and uh, coaching guys like Big John Williams, who kid came back after losing a game after his freshman year, said, I'll be back instead of putting his name in the draft, said, I'll be back next year and, and put the team on his back and took us to the Final Four in 86. So those are things that I uh, really cherish and, and understand and know when you've got guys that are committed and what they're capable of doing at the highest level. Uh, those are some of my most fun times. I've uh, been my time there at LSU as a coach, as assistant, uh, in, in, in assistant Dale Brown, and then having the ability to coach at Ben Simmons uh, when I was there as a head coach. And in, in that role was fun for us and things that people don't know. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to the NCAA tournament that year, but we wind up playing Kentucky for the conference championship the last game of the season at Kentucky on senior night. If we win that game and, and Vanderbilt win at uh, A&M, we're the number one seed in the uh, tournament. That's how good Ben Simmons was and the type of uh, work that he had put in that year. And uh, so uh, I was excited. I had a chance to coach guys at that level in that magnitude and doing my time there at LSU. Yeah, Ben Simmons is definitely doing his thing uh, in Philly. Who, who, who do you all, again, November 25th, who are you against once again? Washington State. Washington State uh, uh, from the uh, Pac-10, uh, we open up with those guys. And uh, so, uh, so one of those games we're looking forward to, and it's going to be a certain challenge for us, but that's something that we do year in and year out, and this won't be any different. Yeah, er- early thoughts on them? Uh, they're a good basketball team. Uh, the coach have done a great job. He's in their second year. Uh, they're coming from San Francisco and have done a remarkable job. And uh, I think he uh, will have a really good year. So it's uh, going to be a challenge for us, but one we're certainly looking forward to. Johnny Jones, three seasons, at, or in, in his third season, I should say, as the head men's basketball coach at yeah. Texas Southern. He joins us here on From the Press Box to pressure again. The Tigers kick off the season November the 25th against Washington State. Coach Jones, we appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Tigers this season. We certainly appreciate you having us on. Thanks so much for your time, and go Tigers. Appreciate it. Johnny Jones, the head men's basketball coach at Texas Southern, joining us here on the program. He's got a nice mix of a lot of transfer guys. Uh, he's got some guys that have been in the program also. And so, you know, again, hopefully we're able to get through the season, but I think Texas Southern's going to be really, really good. I mean, are they, is this going to be the Texas Southern program type of program that we saw a couple of years ago? Again, the wins against Oregon and Baylor Maybe not, but again, even when you get into that swag, like what I talked about, beat those two teams that year, couldn't get over the hump against Prairie View A&M, who loses a lot. It's going to be good. We talked about that last week, so we'll just have to see how things play out again. The season opens for the Tigers on the road on November the 25th against Washington State. More Uh, From the press box to press row on the other side. Hey, did you hear about the Marjorie's Beef Jerky 1 million order fundraiser? The what? The Marjorie's Beef Jerky 1 million order fundraiser. No, what is it? It's a fundraiser for Marjorie's Beef Jerky. For every 1 million orders of Marjorie's Pick Any 6 Flavors Beef Jerky, they'll donate $2 million to employ civil rights attorneys and or provide burial costs to people for unjustified murders. Wow, that's pretty cool, and I do love Marjorie's Beef Jerky. I'm going to tell all my friends, and you should too. 
Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. We need your help to reach 1 million orders so that we can assist those in need. Purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online right now at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. Or call them toll-free, 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. It's Donald Ware, from the press box to press row. Quite a few college football games not going to be played this weekend. We're still going to run through the schedule. As a matter of fact, right now, we have East Carolina at number seven, Cincinnati. Number seven, Cincinnati is on a roll. I don't think East Carolina is going to be able to tame Cincinnati. One of the games to have looked forward to, this weekend was that Alabama LSU game. Yes, I realize LSU is struggling mightily, but anytime those two teams get together, you know, it's going to be a a tremendous football game. But of course that game is postponed. You have number two, Notre Dame at Boston college. Shouldn't, I mean, listen, Boston college played Clemson pretty tough a couple of weeks ago, but I mean, Notre Dame in the hunt, Uh, for that national championship. I mean, that should, you know, I mean, Notre Dame should win that game. Ohio State at Maryland, unfortunately, was canceled. Uh, Number five, Texas A&M at Tennessee. It's been postponed. Arkansas at Florida, an SEC matchup. Don't sleep on Arkansas. Like, Florida's playing well, trying to get back into that conversation when you're talking about um, you know, the SEC crown and a possible, you know, possible national champion. I think it's early right now, but possible national championship contention. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but, uh, but I, I mean, I think it should be good. I mean, I think Arkansas is going to be competitive uh, in this game. But Florida should uh, take care of the Razorbacks. Also, number nine, Miami is going to be at Virginia Tech. Again, Miami's on a roll has got a an opportunity for the, I mean, I I don't really see Miami as in contention for a national championship, but able to bounce back from the loss against Clemson going back a couple of weeks ago. Don't sleep. Virginia Tech's been, I don't know, like Virginia Tech hasn't been as good as maybe some thought that the Hokies would be. Uh, Don't sleep on Virginia Tech, but I expect Miami to roll in that game. Number 10, Indiana at Michigan State. What a story Indiana is. You talk about Indiana when you're talking about uh, athletics. For Indiana, you're talking about basketball, not football. When is the last time Indiana was in the top 10? Has has Indiana ever been in the top 10? Like the last time I remember Indiana being relevant or any good was when, when the Hoosiers had Randall L. I mean, think about that. That's going back to the to the early parts part of the 2000s but going to be on the road at Michigan State number 11 Oregon is at Washington State uh Pac-10 matchup there Georgia at Missouri postponed Wisconsin at Michigan like Wisconsin's number 13 Michigan I, wow I, I don't know you know Michigan not in good shape at all right now, but like I'm not sleeping on Michigan, you know. Um, 
this could be a, a one of those head scratchers where Michigan games that they're supposed to win, uh, they don't win, and ultimately games maybe they shouldn't win, they do. Game's going to be at the big house. We'll see how things go. Coastal Carolina at Troy is postponed, unfortunately. But again, got to be happy for Coastal Carolina uh, as a, a, a smaller FBS program. It's only been in FBS football, what, maybe five years now? Uh, maybe a little bit more than five years and has the number 15 ranking in the country. Pretty good. Chanticleers are pretty good, by the way. Marshall, number 16, going to host Middle Tennessee State. Number 19, SMU, is at Tulsa. Number 20, USC, is at Arizona. Liberty, again, is a 22nd-ranked team in the country taking on FCS or hosting FCS Western Carolina. Northwestern, number 23 in the country, is going to be at Purdue. And, uh, or well, unfortunately, next to last game, number 24, uh, Auburn at Mississippi State postponed. And number 25, Louisiana, is hosting South Alabama in, uh, in conference play. Listen, a lot of games, okay, unfortunately canceled or unfortunately postponed because of the coronavirus. And I, I don't know, like, as I talked about a couple of segments ago, like, how do we get this thing under control? Should we even be playing collegiate athletics? I get it with the pros. It's, you know, it's how the pros make their living and all of those good things. I mean, I know that these schools are working as hard as they can to keep these players safe, to keep the protocols but, I mean, ultimately, we knew that this was going to happen. But, I mean, I don't want to see any, you know, I don't want to, I mean, so far in terms of the cases with respect to student athletes, um, you know, we, we haven't seen anything that's been major. Like, there have been more, uh, more mild cases. I don't know if that's because the student athletes are younger, they're in better shape. Maybe that has something uh, to do with it. But again, when you're talking about young people, I mean, young people are going to be young people and they're going to do what they do. Uh, so, I mean, schools can be as precautionary as they possibly can. Uh, but, you know, I mean, and I'm sure, you know, sometimes you just have situations where, where it happens. And again, you know, my concern coming into the season was, okay, my team may be straight. I may know where my team has been and what my team is doing. But what is your team doing? Where has your team been? Are, is your team uh, going through all of the proper protocols? Which, which again, I mean, I, I'm sure all of the schools are going through the proper protocols. So, I mean, I, I don't really think that's as much an issue as <laughs> the simple fact of the matter is we're in a pandemic and people are going to catch the coronavirus and with the exposure that your that college athletics brings on the field. I mean, I just like, I mean, you know, I mean, the, you know, we look at the NBA, the bubble situation, look at the NHL. Those were more bubble situations. Um, so they were able to control it a lot better and you didn't have any cases, but, Football, I mean, even in the National Football League, we're not seeing games, um, 
we're seeing games moved, but we're not seeing games uh, canceled. We're seeing college football games canceled. Again, the, the pros are going to have a better handle on it. Guys are professionals. They're going to do what they're supposed to do. Um, but wow, man, I mean, you know, I, I just, it's a, it's a tough thing. I think, you know, at some point, uh, you know, from a national perspective, and it's being left up to the states and, you know, some states don't want to, uh, you know, want to infringe upon people's rights and all of those kind of things. And it's it's just silly, really. Um, a lot of this is really, really silly. OK, uh, hopefully we'll get a better handle on this vaccine uh, moving forward. But I mean, you know, I'm just hoping that athletics can continue on. I mean, again, I, I, I hope. You know, uh, we don't see anything more uh, than what we've seen so far with a lot of these cases. I got to get ready to run here on from the press box to press row. Want to thank Johnny Jones, the head men's basketball coach at Texas Southern for joining us on the program. Listen, got a great show lined up for you uh, this weekend. I want you to log on to our website at box2row.com to see about our weekend edition of From the Press Box to Press Row, which you can catch on a radio station near you. Again, on our website at box2row.com. Click on the affiliates link to find a station in your area that carries the program. Thank you to the great folks at ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. We've been on the air now here what, maybe uh, going on a couple of months, it's been great getting some good response. So we appreciate this platform that has been offered. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications. <laughs>